Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Hometown Lowdown, the podcast where four hometown gals discuss current events, pressing questions, and invisible illnesses, part two. I'm Kylie. I'm Rachel. I'm Tori. And I'm Alex. Like we already said, this is part two. So if you haven't listened to part one of Invisible Illnesses, check back to last week. We're just zipping right into the next recording. It's going to be a long night. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, We're still sipping on the same thing, except Alex, what what are you sipping on now? I am sipping on um, a lavender chamomile tea. Ooh. Very nice. For reasons reasons that will become apparent soon. (laughs) Nice. And if you need a beer or a local suggestion or a suggestion to drink water, again, go listen to last week's episode. (laughs) We talk (laughs) about it there. This week, uh, Rachel, do you want to take the reins or should I just introduce our... Sure. So last week we did part one of Invisible Illnesses where Kylie and I talked about our lady problems. Um, our hormonal issues that we both could kind of relate to and kind of compare. Um, But this week, Tori and Alex are going to tackle their invisible illness, which is anxiety. So they'll kind of share their own experiences with it. It's also something that Kylie and I struggle with as well. So we'll kind of put in our two cents as they go. But I'll let y'all lead the way okay sure so i think how we're gonna do this is we're just gonna alex and i are just gonna tag team and go back and forth with what we've got um on our prompts here Um, what i've been diagnosed with is called generalized anxiety disorder or gad basically what that is it's an irrational worry about events or activities or as i when i had first felt that something wasn't right. It was a constant dread um, is how I would describe it. Like my body is going into a fight or flight response and it thinks it's dying. So that's basically for me. And again, it's different for everybody, but that's how I've experienced it and how I would describe it. Um, And it's to the point where it interferes with daily activities and functions. So I didn't think they had touched on this in the last episode, where it affects your work, it affects your relationships, it affects your self-image, all the above. Alex, what does that mean to you? So I wrote down like definitions of things, and because I have anxiety, I have to read them. So here we go. Anxiety, in general, like the definition, thanks Google, is feeling of dread, fear, or uneasiness. That's just like anxiety in general. That doesn't even mean that you're like diagnosed with anxiety. That's just what anxiety is. Um, And everyone can feel anxiety. But not everyone is diagnosed with it. Generalized anxiety disorder, uh, the definition is to feel extremely worried or nervous about mundane things or even quote-unquote real worries like money or family, even when there is no reason to worry about them. There's chemical imbalances of serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, gamma aminobutyric acid, and cortisol. There's a lot of things at play uh, with anxiety. So that, that is what I'm diagnosed with is generalized anxiety disorder of the severe type. It affects my ability to function in daily life and work if I am not treating it. I literally, my body shuts down. So yeah. Tori, do you want to tell us about symptoms that you experience? Sure. So I'm, I'm going to kind of go into like how it was framed last week about past, present, and future. So I'm going to talk about past, and I think that is going to explain a lot about symptoms because I was having symptoms before I knew what 
anxiety disorder was. So in my past, I remember there was a very specific event that had occurred where I had really bad side pain. And it was to the point where I was doubled over laying in bed and I was like sobbing at my parents' house. I was, I want to say, gosh, 19, 19, 20 um, years old. And I remember thinking like something's so wrong. And of course, things like had happened leading up to this. I'd be at work and all of a sudden I'd get really bad side pain and I'd feel like really ill and my head would start spinning. And I'm like, I, I feel so out of it, almost like an out-of-body experience. And I was worried, but I'm like, I don't know what I'm worried about. I'm stressed. I have so much dread and I can't explain it. And I don't know where it's coming from. So that one night it got, it built up so much to where I reached that point where I was laying in bed and I'm like, I, I gotta go do something about this. And I don't know what it is. So I went into the ER. Um, they did blood tests. They did x-rays. They did basically everything. I shouldn't say everything. Mostly everything you would think of as like a standard protocol. And they could not diagnose what was wrong with me. But they knew I was very obviously in pain, so they'd given me pain meds for it. But they're like, we're sorry, we can't do anything because we haven't found anything. And I'm like, that makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> so they basically sent me home with some pain meds. And I was doing okay for a little bit, but then my it resurfaced again where I was getting that side pain. It was always the left side of my body. And then I had problems breathing. I could not take a full breath. It felt like there was a brick on my chest. So I was taking really shallow, deep breaths. And my mom was telling me, oh, you probably have allergies or there's like some sort of fluid in your lungs that you can't breathe very well with. Um, and then my heart was racing constantly, 24-7. And feeling and hearing my heart racing and having all these symptoms just makes the anxiety exponentially worse because you think, what's wrong with me? And you become a hypochondriac. So I got to the point where my mom's like, maybe you should go see the doctor. I'm like, you know what? Good idea. So I made a schedule with my primary care provider and I went in there. I gave her my story. I gave her all my symptoms and she put her stethoscope up to me and she was like, oh my gosh, your heart is racing. I'm like, I'm not lying. And I knew she, she knew I wasn't lying. Thankfully, I have a doctor that took my word. But she's like, yeah, I can see like your symptoms. You have sweaty, like clammy hands. There's a lot going on here. And after just listening to me, she's like, I, you, you know, have generalized anxiety. And she was really sweet and soft about it. And I just kind of sat there and I was like, you mean to tell me everything that's going on with my body is anxiety? I thought there'd be something a little more concrete that was going on. So I was very shocked to hear that. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to, we're going to try it out. And she prescribed me a very low dose of an SSRI to help with my serotonin uptake. So I, I remember going home from that appointment and I was still living at home with my parents at the time. And my dad was home and I remember almost getting home and having like an out-of-body experience because I'm like, I just can't believe this is what it is and what's happening. And I get in the house and I see my dad and I told him what happened and I immediately break down. I start sobbing. And I remember telling him, I'm like, why can't I be normal? That was the only thing that stuck in my head. I'm like, why can't I just live a normal life? And then lo and behold, my dad tells me at that moment, he's like, I had to take meds for anxiety when I was your age. I'm like, I wish I would have known that sooner. And of course, because you don't talk about it, you don't know what it is. And then after talking about it, he's like, oh, yeah, that had happened to me, too. And so I'm like, OK, maybe this is making a little more sense. Maybe it's aligning a little bit better. And they're, they do believe that anxiety is hereditary 
Um, obviously, there are situational things and traumatic things that can happen that can bring anxiety about. But for me personally, I think it might be hereditary, especially on my mom's side, or excuse me, my dad's side of the family. So as far as like my past experiences, that's kind of just how I led up to learning what my symptoms were and being diagnosed with it. What about you, Alex? So my symptoms like range between past, present, and future. So I'm not going to talk about past, present, future yet. Um, I'm just going to kind of talk about like symptoms in general, I think. Okay. My symptoms, the consistent symptoms have stayed the same, but like my panic attack symptoms or my severe symptoms, I guess, have changed and worsened like as time went on. So consistent symptoms that I experience are eyelash pulling. I pull my eyelashes out. Irritability. When I'm like feeling super anxious, I get irritable because I can't like get myself under control. Um, indecisiveness. I get super indecisive because I, I don't know like which is the best way to go or like whatever. And then insecurity. I feel a lot of relationship insecurity when I'm really anxious. Friends or with my husband. I think the first time I really noticed that like my anxiety was super bad was I lost 50 pounds in a summer because I couldn't eat anything. I threw it all up all the time. Um, and at that time, now it would be fine. But at that time, I didn't have 50 pounds to lose. So then I was like, underweight? Yes. For the of. record, I've heard you. It would not be fine. Um, but I know what you're saying. Go on. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> still not a good thing. <laughs> right. I mean, it's not great, but like, but I had to like go to the doctor then and be like, like, I'm losing all this weight and like, I can't eat anything. Like, what's going on? And she was like, well, why aren't, like, why can't you eat? And I was like, bro, that's why I'm here. I don't know. Like, <laughs> bro. I... <laughs> Ma'am, you are the doctor. <laughs> yeah, I know. And she asked me like some questions and that kind of thing. And. Um, she didn't really give me, like, a super solid answer, but because I was, like, going through it at that time in my life, she was like, why don't you uh, see a therapist? And I was like, okay, sure. So I did, and she was like, yeah, you got the anxiety pretty bad. And I was like, okay, cool. So I continued to go to therapy, but we'll talk about that later, too. Um, and then there was a time, like, a couple years later when I, when my anxiety got super bad, and... It took the form of like heart issues. Like I had, what's the word when your rhythm is Palpitations? off? Yeah. Yeah. Murmur. It's not the word I'm looking for. Murmur. But you're correct. No. Nope. Nope. I don't know. Erratic heartbeat. Palpitations will be fine. <laughs> I can't remember. But so I had to be hooked up to like an EKG for like a week, which was super annoying, by the way. <laughs> it was just cords everywhere and it was the worst. They found that like nothing was like wrong. But they could see that, like, every once in a while, it would, like, spike and go, like, really fast, and then it'd be fine. And they were like, do you have anxiety? And I was like, yeah, isn't that, like, in my chart? It wasn't, though. So, yeah, just, like, solidified that, like, I do indeed have anxiety. My heart rate is consistently over 100. My resting heart rate, it doesn't get lower than that, typically, unless I'm sleeping. Then it's, like, 80 or 90. Also, please uh, note the caffeine episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, please note that I'm drinking tea right now, and I'll tell you why in a sec. <laughs> the coffee thing, I do tend to get, like, half-calf now, because I do have that caffeine addiction. It's like I'm, like, trying to get my caffeine while trying to not have too much caffeine. 
But it's still, it doesn't matter. My heart is fast boys. Um, <laughs> People school boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like my past, I guess. But I first started having anxiety symptoms in high school, and they weren't quite that bad. Like, they, they got worse as time went on. In high school, it was more of just, like, being really disorganized. Like, Rachel saw my locker. I don't know if you guys ever did, but, like, it was a mess. My handwriting's not good. My my notes, if I took any ever, were just, like, a jumbled mess. Like, I just couldn't. Couldn't even read them. Yeah, I just, like, couldn't <laughs> organize that. myself. I guess that's my past and symptoms. Do you guys mind if I share my story? Sure. So I was actually diagnosed later than you guys were with generalized anxiety disorder. Um, I was just diagnosed like two years ago. And I don't know, like I was having symptoms, but didn't process what they exactly were, like what was going on. Like Tori, I remember like the distinct moment. I... (laughs) Don't know how it even started, but Blake had just left. He was over. We weren't living together at the time. And I was home alone, even though I had two roommates, but they weren't there. Next thing you know, I'm like on the floor, like panic attack. Couldn't breathe. I remember that. Couldn't breathe. Felt yeah, me too. so nauseous. Um, couldn't stop crying. I was like curled up into a ball on the floor and like Blake was trying to get a hold of me because like I hadn't answered him in a while and like I couldn't even like get to my phone to the point where he ended up just coming over to check on me because he thought like someone kidnapped me or something. Mind you, this was in middle of a Packer game. So it's pretty serious if he left during <laughs> that to come save me. But it's he came over. Up. And he, like, couldn't find me. I was, like, on the living room floor, but it was, like, dark in the apartment. He ran past me, like, to my room. And I was, like, sitting there, but I literally couldn't even talk. I just, I don't know. Yeah, it's paralyzing. Yeah, and then he finally, like, found me. He was, like, yelling my name, and I'm just, like, sitting there, like, (gasps) you know, trying to breathe. And... Then he, like, found me in the living room, and he, like, had to carry me to my room, and I was, like, it took, like, hours to get me back to, quote-unquote, normal. (laughs) Um, And then he was actually the one that was, like, because this wasn't the first panic attack I had around him, but this was, like, the worst one. And he was, like, you need to get help. You need to go to the doctor. And... Basically, I grew up where, like, anxiety is not real and that you can find a way to cope and you'll be fine. You shouldn't take medication for it. It's not real. So it was a huge step for me to actually talk to my doctor about it, which was great because I also found out I am severely depressed as well. Um, Long story short, I'm now medicated for both. Um, I don't want to steal y'all's thunder with your experiences, but I am now medicated for both. And I uh, am so grateful to have Blake in my life for pointing it out to me and essentially forcing me to go talk to my doctor because I've never felt better. So that's my experience with it. Should I share my experience as well? Or do we not want to? Duh. I wasn't sure. 
kidding. So my experience with anxiety, I feel like, is a little different from you guys, mainly because I haven't gotten diagnosed with it. I definitely have had periods in my life where um, I probably should have gone to the doctor and gotten like medication, like a diagnosis and medication for it. I feel like I've dealt with it since I was a kid. Like I would have like extreme, extreme anxiety and just being like more so paralyzed with fear, anxiety with, you know, like being home alone or just being home or being worried that something bad was going to happen um, since I was pretty young. It's always been something where I'm like, I know this isn't right, <laughs> but it was, wasn't an issue often enough for me to like go get help for it, which like there's anxiety and depression in my family and in my immediate family. So it definitely isn't something like you said, Ray, where it was like, oh, it's not real or oh, it's not something you take care of. I just was like, oh, well, I'm coping just fine. So it's fine kind of thing. Or I know what triggers it. So I don't, you know, like it's only an issue when it's an issue kind of thing. Um, in college, though, I did ha- feel like it definitely got worse. Like, I definitely got more so of, like, a social anxiety, um, I guess I would call it, that I definitely didn't have before, where it really, like, kind of shook my confidence and, like, everything with that, where all of a sudden I was, like, just different social interactions. I was just, like, I cannot. I feel like I definitely had, like, a job that made it worse, too, where I was just, like, put in a position where I felt like I was... I- in hindsight, I feel like I was kind of set up to fail and didn't have a lot of like resources to help you succeed. It was just like, you're supposed to do this thing, go have fun. And I wasn't really doing very well at it, or it was like so out of my comfort zone, but everyone else was like, oh yeah, you just do this. And I'm like, oh, but it's not working. <laughs> um, and I think after that, I really started noticing like a lot of things that I just was like constantly wracked with anxiety. Like that's when I started having issues more so with public speaking that I think we maybe talked about before that Rachel and I had speech class together. And I was like, I just couldn't function. I couldn't handle it in those kind of interactions or like job interviews, um, things where I kind of put like a lot of pressure on myself. I would just kind of like shut down in the moment. Like I couldn't, I'd be filled with like, I, I don't, anxiety um, <laughs> that I just like different than you like guys mentioned of just like this like panic attack that shuts your body down it was just like I was all of a sudden just unable to do that task or that thing um and I feel like it started to seep into other areas of my life luckily I don't feel like it is as bad anymore so we can maybe talk about that more once you guys talk about like your present and future stuff but I definitely feel your struggles anxiety is a real bitch Um, it sure is yeah (laughs) So to segue into talking about how anxiety affects me in the present, um, I do have social anxiety where making a simple phone call or having a social, a, a simple social interaction is very difficult for me to the point where I avoid it. A couple of years ago when I used to work at Liberty Mutual building, I was not a Liberty Mutual employee, but I worked at a satellite office in the building and there were shared vending machines. I would have to go out into this group, into this like open area, if I was hungry, I would literally rather starve myself than go to a vending machine where other people might see me. That was one way it manifested or like now making a phone call, whether it's at work or like to a doctor or to an appointment or whatever is like this huge task. I'm like, why is this such a huge task that I have to fight with every single time? You know, if I, if I call, I'll have it done within five minutes, but 
having that looming over me is awful. I started laughing because I'm like, I feel like it's not really an issue anymore because like I used to also be like, I can't call on the phone if I don't know what I'm going to say. I just can't do it. But then literally the other day there was someone at a vending machine that I was maybe going to go buy a drink from and was like, oh no, if I go over there, I'm going to have to make small talk. So I went the long way around so I'd miss her and didn't have to go have small talk yep. by the vending machine. Yeah. was like, okay, have not come as far as we think. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. I feel like especially now more so in the present, um, my anxiety is very anticipatory. So if I have an event coming up that I'm not looking forward to, or just something I know I have to do, and it's looming in the future, my anxiety will just skyrocket. And it just the, the impending stress and my mind's like impending doom where I'm like, it's not, you know, it's not doom, you're okay. Something like that, or where I get dropped into something that's like immediately stressful. Like, and I feel like a lot of this had to do with when I worked in customer service, I would get dropped into situations very quickly that were very stressful and very anxiety filled. And that just messed with my mental health so bad. And it's got to the point where I'm like, I actually want a job where I don't, I'm not like a frontline customer service person. And that has helped tremendously. Um, where now I am not in a job like that anymore. As far as my symptoms, like physical symptoms now, I have really bad stomach issues when it comes to anxiety. As soon as I'm anxious, I feel like I'm going to shit my pants, if we're going to be frank. Um, <laughs> my stomach immediately just turns and it's awful and it's, you know, incapacitating. Um, I also get really bad, like my mind spins and I get what I think is brain fog where I just I feel like I almost can't see straight like my vision almost looks like kind of like foggy um, I can't think straight or I will just have like a compulsive thought over and over and over and over again that I can't get out but mostly how my anxiety manifests now symptom wise is like through my gut I've always had a sensitive stomach but as soon as I feel anxious it's like I'm done for I gotta lay down or I gotta spend the evening in the bathroom it's miserable Alex what do you want to add yeah, so for me in the present, um, if I'm not medicated, I'm not functioning. I'm on three medications for my anxiety at the moment. And if I don't take them, it's a bummer for everyone around me. Um, <laughs> and myself, obviously. When I'm medicated, uh, like when I'm consistent with taking my meds, like things are pretty good. Um, they do a good job of helping me. When I don't... Like, if I forget to take them, like, so I'm on the birth control pill, and on my off week, I don't take the placebo pill, which I should really start doing, but I don't take my placebo pill, and so then I forget to take my anxiety meds, because I take them with my birth control. And so then I'll go, like, two, three, four days without my meds, and it's an issue. Then my anxiety presents itself as, and Tori told me the word, it's arrhythmia, heart arrhythmia is the word I was looking for earlier. Um, that's how it presents itself. What Kylie mentioned earlier about like you're doing something and then all of a sudden you literally just can't do it anymore. That's it. Like I cannot do a single thing. Like I have to just go sleep. I have to sleep it off. That's it for like my my present. Rachel, you said that you're on meds for it now. Do you feel like they're helping? Yeah, I'm currently on meds for depression and anxiety. Um, they definitely help. I also try to do, like, self-care, and that helps a lot, too, um, just making time for myself and doing all that good stuff. So, yeah, it's made a huge difference in my life. 
forgot to mention that I also, like, I'm drinking tea right now. And I'm trying to do that more um, instead of, like... Proud of you. Thank you. Um, not that I would have coffee at this time of the day, but, like, even just, like, instead of, like, an alcohol. Yeah. I'll just, like, have sure. a tea. Um, and also to add that mine is like the opposite of tori i thrive in social situations like if i'm feeling especially anxious i actually need to be with people like the more people the better put me in a room with every single person i've ever met and that's like where i need to be like i need to be talking to people like if i'm anxious i cannot be alone um the intrusive thoughts are so bad that if i just let myself sit there i don't know yeah. yeah that's relatable I feel like that's kind of mine with the stuff that I've dealt with in the past too like once I'm able to like when I'm alone like when I'm home alone it can get really bad but like I can experience that anxiety at night just in general but like when I wasn't living with Alex um I would just like call him call him and we'd just sit on the phone for like a little while and just having like that person there to help talk to or to just help like block those intrusive thoughts definitely helps definitely relatable yeah yeah i um what's that alex i was just saying that having jake here is really helpful and now that we have mal he's very helpful yeah i um to attest to how opposite i am to that if i'm in a social situation i feel it coming on i basically become a lump on a log and i become very irritable I had a situation happen probably a month or two ago where I was with family, people I know, people I'm familiar with and comfortable with, where I felt my anxiety coming on. And I just sat there and I'm like, I'm incredibly overwhelmed and I need to retreat to somewhere that I can recover by myself. And I remember a family member had said something to me and because I was so irritable, I like snapped at them and they're like, what's your problem? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I'm just so anxious right now. And then another family member was like, well, why didn't you tell us? Um, Because I can't. (laughs) And even if I did, you would not think it would justify my actions. So I basically removed myself and I said, I got to go home. And I went home and also slept the rest of the night. I feel like sleeping helps a lot for me too. Can we segue into future? Yeah, of course. Okay. I'm not worried about... Well, I am when I'm anxious because that's what anxiety is. But, like, the rational part of me is not worried about, like, my relationships, like, either friendships or, you know, with Jake being, like, negatively affected by my anxiety because, like, you have now witnessed every single one of my friends here and also a lot of my friends where I live struggle with the same thing. So it's, like, not like they don't Uh, get it but I am anxious of course about having a baby in the future you're not supposed to be on anxiety meds when you're pregnant and nursing that'll be interesting to say the least we'll see but that's I think uh, as far as future like what I am most worried about yeah I kind of kind of said like anxiety has a lot to do with worry about the future so I'm like "Eh," a little uneasy but I try to bring myself back into the present moment and that doesn't always work. So I think I do have hope, like kind of how you said the rational part of me is like, I have hope I'm going to, I have hope that it won't rule my life, control my life. I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp on it at this point. And by the way, I did not mention, I should mention I am medicated as well. Um, I'm still trying to figure it out. I know it's what I've got going on is not the best for my situation. It's not really working. So I'm switching doctors and I'm going to 
see if I can get that figured out. As far as like future, I'm hopeful to find a treatment that is better suited for me, whether it be medication and or therapy. I feel like it's also affected relationships in the past and potentially in the future. Like when I think of a romantic relationship, I always kind of feel defeated when I think of, okay, I'm going to have to at some point tell this person, you know, I have very bad anxiety. How are they going to handle that? Am I going to be seen as damaged goods? Um, not sufficient enough. I'm going to be seen as a problem. Um, baggage. And like being open and honest about it has proven to be the best way, you know, to communicate it with others, what's going on and have them. They're not, if they don't have it, I feel like they don't truly understand it, even though they can try their best. Um, and I appreciate that so much. But being open and honest about it in the future, I feel like is only going to make it easy for me and for those around me. I was going to say that as far as like treatment goes, I have done therapy, uh, like I mentioned earlier. I liked it, but after a while, it got very like monotonous and it was like, okay, I know what you're going to say. So like, I can just tell it to myself and like, we can move on. And I don't have to pay for this. Going to therapy, obviously, like we said last episode, we are... Four able-bodied white women from middle-class, mostly, homes, right? Everyone would agree. Um, <laughs> so therapy is more easily accessed for us. The one thing that I got from therapy is, like, some coping mechanisms as far as, like, grounding and that kind of thing. Grounding works the best for me, so that's, like, the only one I remember. Meds seem to be the most effective when I take them appropriately so I need to remember to do that um meditation is fine it's not my favorite but it, it does help every once in a while those are the things that like I've tried so I did go to therapy very emphasis on very briefly a couple of years ago I felt that I really didn't click with the therapist that I had at all and after going for a couple of sessions I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere and I know that happens so I am hopeful to find, if I end up, you know, trying therapy again, I'm hopeful to find a therapist that is really well suited for me. As far as now, just as like coping, talking to others when I'm able, but then when I'm not, I just retreat. I think I know myself pretty well and I kind of like to be by myself as is. <laughs> if you take away the anxiety, um, I like to be home alone. But when the anxiety gets really bad, I just retreat into my in my home and I don't really want to go anywhere, do anything. I will lay in my room, lights completely off. doesn't mean I have to be sleeping, just somewhere dark and quiet. Something that's like, I don't want to say sensory deprivation, but kind of like that in a way. So anxiety sucks so much, <laughs> but period. Two of, two of the good things that came out of it for me is my parents and my husband's awareness. So like mm. Rachel had mentioned, like anxiety just like wasn't a thing like just don't worry is uh what my dad used to say it's like you just yeah you need to just not worry and i'm like wow thanks dad. i feel better <laughs> and, I, and i was like but dad i have to worry like but I, what if yeah <laughs> that's but what exactly if i can't it. stop mm -hmm. and i think like once i had the um the heart arrhythmia that happened while i was with my parents for a summer uh, in college. And once that happened, my dad was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <What is that? laughs> I can see him saying that. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that my dad. It's not that my parents didn't care. It's just right. that they, they didn't, didn't understand. They, they didn't, didn't know what up. it was. There's the thing. Well, they, so they didn't grow up during a time where you talked about it, especially in my dad's household. Um, mm-hmm. My mother has severe anxiety as well, probably worse than me. It was after I started going to therapy for the sec- first time, uh, my mom started going, and that really helped her just to, like, blow everyone's mind. My dad sought help for him as well. Aww. And I was like, therapy, it wasn't his favorite. Wow. But he tried. And I was like, wow. I was like, wow, Can, look at you go. Um, <laughs> now. He's talking to a soda can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow, Can, look at you dad. go. <laughs> <laughs> he basically might as well be a Mountain Dew can. He drinks Honestly. so much of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and now when we talk about it, he, not like I've told him, like, all the things I've gone through and whatever, and he is so, like, understanding and willing to, like, listen. As far as um, Jake goes, it's not like he was ever, like, mean about it or anything. He just doesn't have it, or so he says. I have theories about his social anxiety. Uh. It was just a thing of like I just like don't I don't get it like I don't understand why you just can't stop worrying, which is fair because if you don't have it, it doesn't make sense because it's not rational. So being able to like watch him like be more open to it and like support me has been awesome. Um, and then being able to like relate to my friends about it, I really like that because I like being able to empathize and I like being able to offer support when I can. And so for things like what Rachel and Kylie talked about last week, I feel very like helpless in like supporting because like I can't understand like what they go through. But when they tell me they have like mental health things they need to work through, I'm like, oh, I can I can understand. Like I can I can be there for you. Whatever. Not that I can't be there for them when I don't understand. But you know what I mean. Well, yeah, like empathy is being able to understand even though you've never felt it. So I can sympathize. Being able to, I can't yeah, sympathize. Yeah. Tori, what are good things that have come out of this for you, if any? Looking back, and when I really think about it, like in the big picture, I've been able to conquer every single one of my anxiety or panic attacks, onsets, whatever, and so that helps me in the future. I mean, obviously, when you're in the moment, nothing's rational, but like when I'm able to step back, I'm like. You are stronger than you give yourself credit for. And that feels good when I can recognize that. Because, okay. and and we all are, every single one of us. And talking to others about it, whether it's to our listeners now, or to strangers on the internet, or to prof- to professionals, like family, friends, realizing that you're not alone and finding a community has been such a positive. I just knowing other people are sharing your experiences and having somebody to talk through about it is just amazing. I don't know. I think just like that has been such a help for me. I feel like kind of how you said, Alex, where we all have something one way or another where anxiety affects us and being able to lean on each other has been such, you know, such a good thing for us. I don't know. I guess the positives that I'm taking away from this is that I know I'm not alone, and it's it's helped me communicate over time better about what I'm going through. Yeah, for sure. Does anyone have any questions for me or Tori about what we've talked about? No, I mean, as someone who 
knows you both very well and have we've had these conversations and as someone who also experiences anxiety it's not unfortunately it's no mystery <laughs> i understand yeah. all too well <laughs> but it is still always nice to hear each other's perspectives because you know knowing more about one another can only help so yeah it's different for everyone so it's great to see it from all facets yeah agreed all right so the question this week is Describe your day in one word. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's not my word. That's two words. That's not my <laughs> uh, mine would be busy. Work was hectic and... You only get one, ma'am? <laughs> busy. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. You can go on. No, I just had a busy day at work and I'm ready for the weekend. So, mm-hmm. my so word happy would Tuesday. Be busy. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Judy, what's your word? I don't have one yet. Can someone else go first for a second? I'm going to say steady. Work was steady. I've been steady um, finalizing my notes for tonight's pod, planning meals, just whatever. I've been, I mean, it's had its busy moments, but I feel like I've been a constant steady throughout today with produ- productivity. That's good. Yeah. I picked the word review because at work today, for listeners, I don't remember if I said this at all, but I got a job at a coffee shop and I worked at one when I lived in Minneapolis. And so today I reviewed espresso bar training and then going over my notes for the podcast tonight, I reviewed those. And then talking about anxiety is just a big old review of my life. (laughs) So picked that word for today. Nice. Oh, okay. The Gemini can't pick just one word. (laughs) I was literally just supposed to say, I guess I would say this or that. (laughs) (laughs) Only one. (laughs) I guess I would say then I I couldn't decide between stealing Tories and sporadic. So literally opposites. But I would say it was sporadic because I feel like I had, you know, my morning... I learned, you know, a couple new things at work, had a lot of new things going on. Um, And then I had to like kind of refocus and get some stuff done throughout the afternoon. Then I even had like some downtime. And then I had um, kind of like a little bit more of a hectic evening before coming to record this lovely two-parter episode. Um, And then just throughout this whole, yeah, my day's been very sporadic. Ups and downs and lulls and peaks and valleys and all good stuff though. Otherwise, I would have chosen hectic, but it wasn't very hectic, just sporadic. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Makes a day go fast. Yeah. 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 It, it was a good day, so it's good. Yeah. Most of my days are good days, except when I have PMDD. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> Anywho. Did we have any anything else? Okay. I'm ready to wrap it up. Wrap it and tap it. Um, thanks. thanks everybody for listening today if you enjoyed this episode please share it with a friend talk about your own anxiety um, or other invisible illnesses let us know what you think if any of this helped you or if you want to be our shrink this has been an episode of the hometown lowdown and we will see you later bye goodbye Bye. bye bye later